from Christian living to Christian giving. That's the shift that our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, says we make as our in-depth study of God's entire Word continues here on Through the Bible. I'm your host, Steve Schwetz, and I'm so glad for your company on the Bible Bus today. If you've been a Christian for very long, you've likely heard the word grace used quite a bit. But do you know what it really means? And do you know how it relates to Christian giving? Well, we'll find out about all of this and more as the Bible bus pulls up to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. But first, here are a few comments Dr. McGee recorded long ago about some important policies and principles of Through the Bible. And by the way, the same policies and procedures are still important guidelines for the ministry today. Every now and then, I have to state the policy and principle by which we operate, because people do not hear us spending a lot of time begging for support and sending out a mayday call as if the world's coming to an end if we don't get support. And our policy continues as it has from the beginning that when we're on a station, we expect that station to pay for itself. That is, that people who listen to it believe in this type of a message, they'll support it. I've always felt that people always will support the place where they're getting their blessing. And if you're getting a blessing from the program, we believe that the Lord will put it into your heart to support the station. And when a station does not support itself, we cancel it. Recently, we canceled several stations because they just simply were apparently people not interested enough to want the station to continue on the air. And in our foreign broadcasts, we make a special appeal to people to support it because we cannot make an appeal to people in India today. They haven't anything to give, and we have something to give them. And we believe that you have and want to go with us to bring the Word of God to these people. Friends, that's the purpose of the Through the Bible Radio, to reach out and touch lives today that need the Word of God. And that's our one mission. And if you believe in that, we invite you to come and go with us, for it's a marvelous, wonderful opportunity that we have today of taking the Word of God out, actually to the very ends of the world. Heavenly Father, we pray for your rich and real blessing now to attend the teaching of the Word of God. May it speak to those sad hearts back of these different curtains, the iron curtain, the bamboo curtain, and to those in poverty today. Bless your Word as it goes out today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's get to our study in 2 Corinthians 8 on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Now, friends, today, if you have your Bible there, it's 2 Corinthians, the 8th chapter. You will have discovered, if you are reading along with us, and I trust you are, that the subject is now changed. Paul, for the first seven chapters, talked about the comfort of God. And I trust it's been a blessing to your heart. That is, it's brought comfort to your life. That is help and strength, and to let you know you have a helper today in the Christian life. Now, the natural reaction is to say, well, Paul, tell me more. Paul changes the subject. And in chapter 8, you know what he talks about? Collection for the poor saints of Jerusalem. 
and he brings us back to earth with a thump, let me tell you, because this subject now has to do with Christian giving. Before it was Christian living. Now it's Christian giving, and this is as vital a part as living. In fact, it's part of that. And I probably, in this section, am going to say something that is going to be a little different, revolutionary to you. But before you push it aside, I hope you'll hold on to it. And in the first six verses here, he gives us an example of Christian giving. And then from verses 7 through 15, he gives us an exhortation to Christian giving. And then he gives the explanation of Christian giving. And that goes into the fifth verse of the ninth chapter. And then he concludes this section with an encouragement to Christian giving from verse 6 through 15 in chapter 9. So that what we have in this section is something actually quite wonderful, friends. And I want you to see this as we get into this section. Now, I never preach many messages on Christian giving. In the 21 years that I was pastor in downtown Los Angeles, I do not think that I brought over three messages. And yet we saw giving double and triple two or three times during that period. And we believe that instead of trying to promote something, and that's one reason I resent all methods that are being used today, especially on radio, where we reach the general public and a great many lost people to attempt to promote something instead of giving out the Word of God. I think radio is where we give out the Word of God today and not attempt to promote something because a great many people that listen, we happen to know that, are really not Christians. Now, this is important, this section here, and we feel that we should bear down upon it, actually. And here in Second Corinthians 8 and 9, you have the most extended and complete section of Christian giving that we have in the Scripture. Actually, all we need to know is here. There are no rules, but there are certain clear-cut principles for giving. Now, that may strike you as being unusual. Somebody says, well, I thought we were to give a tithe. Hold that for a minute. I disagree with that, by the way. That's not the rule for today. It might be a principle for you, but it won't be a rule for anyone. Now, the word that's important in this section is the word grace. If you have read chapter 8, you've noticed that the word grace occurs in this chapter seven times. And in chapter 9, it occurs three times. So that for ten times in these two chapters, Paul talks about grace and the grace of giving. And it becomes, by the way, very important. Let me just lift it out one or two places here. The very first verse, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now, he calls it the grace of God, that is, of giving. And here we find in verse 4, he says, Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Now, the gift here is the grace. 
we would receive the grace. The gift was grace and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And that's another wonderful word that Paul uses and has rich meaning for us today. Now we are told, he's writing now to the Corinthians, he says this was a grace that the Macedonians had, and he hoped that the Corinthians would have that same grace. All right, now let me take this word grace, and let's look at it for just a moment, because it's very important here. We say today, the theologian does, that it's the unmerited favor of God. I agree with that, but it doesn't adequately describe this word. It may cause you actually to miss the rich flavor of it. Now, in classical Greek, and I studied classical Greek before I studied Koine Greek in the Bible, I found out that the Greek word charis, it meant an outward grace, like beauty or loveliness or charm or kindness or goodwill or gratitude or delight our pleasure. And you find that there are three graces, good and fine and noble. And the Greeks were missionary-minded, and they wanted to impart this to others. And so the Holy Spirit reached out and chose this word and gave it a new luster and a new glory. And the Christian writers adopted it. Paul uses it again and again. And the grace of God, now will you listen for just a moment. This is important. The grace of God is the passion of God to share all his goodness with others. You see, grace means God wants to bestow upon you good things, goodnesses. He wants to make you fine and noble and wants to bring you into the likeness of his Son. And therefore, it's by grace, Paul says, by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see, we were lost sinners. We had nothing to offer God for this. So he did it by grace. He had a passion to want to save us. But he couldn't arbitrarily do it. He loved us, but he couldn't arbitrarily do it. So he had to provide a way, and he sent his son to die. And now that his son died for us, we're told that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. God's in the business of giving, not receiving. And I think we ought to make it very clear. I think sometimes we give the impression that God's poor and needs your gift. He doesn't. God's not poor. He told his people, a cattle on a thousand hills are mine. Silver and gold's already mine. If I needed, I was hungry, I would never tell you anyway. God said, well, he doesn't get hungry. So God is not in need of anything. Now, some of his works are, radio is, our radio ministry needs your support. But I want to be very careful today. You ought to give as a grace of God because you believe in radio, because radio's helped you, and that you have a passion for this sort of thing. Don't give reluctantly. Paul will make that clear. He says you're never to give like that, you see. But we'll come to that. Now, the early church considered giving, therefore, a grace. It was a passion, an overwhelming desire to share the things of God with others. Now, will you note here, there was a local situation, and I think we need to recognize that. In other words, the Jerusalem church, 
had been the first to give out the gospel. Gospel began there. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, beginning in Jerusalem. And the apostles, though, they loved Jerusalem and they locked their arms around their beloved city. And then persecution drove them from the city, scattered them abroad, sent them down highways into Judea and Samaria, and finally to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now the church in Jerusalem was weakened because of persecution. Fact of the matter is, there was a famine going on at this time, and it was poverty-stricken. And Paul went about on his third missionary journey taking an offering. And this is rather revolutionary. Here are the mission churches sending an offering to help the mother church or the church that was the beginning. Today, we send out missionaries and we support them out on the foreign field. But the foreign field in that day supported the church, the home church. And therefore, Paul was unable to come to Corinth. And so he sends instructions to them about how to give because he intends to come by, as he said, He didn't want any of this promotion when he got there. And that's a little different than today. We say, now, come over here and hold a meeting for us. And while you're there, we'll take up a love offering for you. That's what they tell me. But the interesting thing is, Paul says, I don't want you to take it up while I'm out. I don't want to spend time talking about money. What we want to do is to get the Word of God out. And it should be done beforehand. And if the church today was the type of church it should be, then the offering would be taken long before the evangelist or the others got there. But today we have to put emphasis on it, and it's because we've come to that place. Now, there are certain principles that were derived from this local situation, and the color of the local situation is here, and it's the background of what Paul says. But that local situation's long since been dissipated, and it's long since disappeared, but their principles abide. And I think they're as sharp and fresh today as they were when Paul gave them. Now, Paul, first of all, cites the Macedonians as an example of Christian giving. That is, the church in Philippi. And you have your motives and methods. Will you listen to them? He says here, that the grace of God, that is, this matter of giving, was a grace bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Now, that is a tremendous statement. Out of poverty they gave, not out of riches that they gave. We don't know really anything about that today. Now, verse 3, For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. Now, that was first of all a commitment of themselves to God. Now, will you listen to this? Praying us, verse 4, with much entreaty that we would receive the grace and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Now, that gift they had taken up was a grace. God had given them grace to give, and what they'd given was a grace, and it was a fellowship, and that means to share the things of Christ. You and I can't dream the love that they had one for another. Now, we talk today about social action in the church, and I must confess that the fundamental church has just about lost sight of it. 
it's wonderful today to give to mission. But what about some folk in your congregation that are in need? And many of them don't want their need to be known because they know it would become a subject of gossip in the church. And they don't accept help because they feel like it's more or less of a disgrace. And I've discovered that myself in my own ministry. And I had to fight sometimes a committee that wanted to know who the money was for. May I say to you, why there are certain sensitive folk that the committee would talk, and the time they got to their wives, it would be throughout the church. You see, we've lost really today this wonderful grace of giving. And these people did this. They did what? And this they did, verse 5. This is unusual. Not as we hope. Paul says this is not something that we had expected, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Now, they gave themselves to the Lord. They gave themselves, apparently, to some local work of Christ, and they were sold on it. In fact, they were sold out to it. And you remember that in that 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about the resurrection and heaven, and they're about to say, Brother Paul, oh, tell us more about heaven. And Paul, he shakes them right down to their shoestrings. He says, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Paul says, I want to talk to you about something very practical. And he tells them here that they're not to give grudgingly, you see, out of the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty. What a picture. God loves a cheerful giver. And you see how it works in shoe leather? Well, it was a fellowship. They shared what they had. Now, these churches owed Jerusalem church everything that was spiritual. Now, he says, you're to give to them of their material things. And that's what Paul means in Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse 6, that very practical section Paul says, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. That means pay your preacher. That's what it means. It means, my friend, that where you get your blessing, that's what you ought to support. We have a man that the radio brought him back to the Lord, and he was far from the Lord. And he gave a building that belongs now to the through the Bible. He gave it hilariously. He gave it joyfully, you know. And that is something that we need to recognize today, that that's the way that we're to give. In a great trial of affliction, there was the abundance of joy. Out of deep poverty, there was the riches of their liberality. My friend, that is the way they gave. And you remember the Lord Jesus stood over and watched the people give. I think he still does that. And the rich came and they gave generous gifts. But that little poor widow came, and the Lord said, She hath cast in more than they all. Now, if you want to measure it by the riches of that temple, her few little old coppers didn't amount to anything compared to the riches of that. But in God's sight, the Lord Jesus says, She's cast in more than they all. For she gave of her poverty all the living that she had. She gave everything. <laughs> and the others didn't do that. Someone who says when it comes to giving, some people stop at nothing. 
And I think that's where they stopped. The stories told about in a Scotch church, they were tempting to raise money in a building program. And that was a rich Scot uh, that was a member of the church. In fact, they estimated, and it was known that he is worth 50,000 pounds. But he was a typical Scot. He was pretty stingy, like most of us are. So a deacon came to see him, says, Brother, how much are you going to give? He said, Oh, well, I guess I'll be able to put in the widow's might. And this deacon, he called out in the meeting. He says, brethren, we have all we need. This brother's going to give 50,000 pounds. And this man turned in amazement. He said, I didn't say I'd give 50,000 pounds. I said I'd give the widow's might. Well, this deacon said, she gave all. I thought you meant you were going to give all. You see, God notes not what you give, but what you keep for yourself. And it should be done joyfully. <laughs> it should give you great joy. In another church, they were taking up an offering for a building program. And so the man calling on one of the members says to him, how much are you going to give, brother? Well, he said, I guess I could give $10 and not feel it. And this man says, well, why don't you make it 20 and feel it? You see, the blessing only comes when you feel it, my friend. That's what it means, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. But they gave themselves. And friends, if God doesn't have you, he doesn't have anything. And he doesn't want what you give. If he doesn't have your hand, he doesn't want what's in your hand. Now, we may say that, but I'd like to make it clear, and I don't make it clear. But if you are not a Christian and you're listening to this program, frankly, I hope you'll not give until you... Take Christ as your Savior and receive the gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ. Then I'd like to talk to you about giving. But until then, God doesn't want you to give. Since he doesn't want you to give, we don't either. We'd think it wouldn't be the proper thing to do. It's when you have come to the place, and when you've come to that place of giving yourself, then we're prepared to give. Now he goes on to say here, verse 6, "...insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun..." so he would also finish in you the same grace also. That's a very marvelous thing, the same grace in you. That is, the grace that motivated the Macedonians would motivate the Corinthians. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also." And my friend, the real test, I think, of any person is the fact of what they give. Someone has said that there are three books that are essential for a worship service. One, the first book is the Bible. The number two is the hymn book. And the third is the pocket book. And that is something that's very important for worship. And it's not your knowledge of the Bible. It's not your ability to teach the Bible. It's what you give, friend. Is this grace in you? And don't try to force it now. It must be in you. And it's something we ought to pray. We ought to pray God to make us generous. Well, I'm going to leave off at that very ticklish point, but we're going to pick right up our next time, and maybe you won't miss that broadcast, but I advise you not to. So until next time, may God richly bless you, my beloved. Dr. McGee was very clear 
that we are not in the business of begging for money. However, he did invite you to participate and support this ministry if you're receiving benefit from it. So if you'd like to provide a tank of gas for the Bible bus or maybe a new set of tires as we continue to share God's word in your community and in more than 200 languages around the world, here's where you can reach us. Just call 1-800-65-BIBLE or visit ttb.org forward slash give. You'll also find us at Box 7100, Pasadena, California, 91109, or in Canada, Box 25325, London, Ontario, N6C, 6B1. We're so grateful for everyone who invests in this fruitful ministry through prayers and giving. You are such an important and valued member of our team. Learn more about this ministry and how God's using your generosity to reach His whole world with His whole word by signing up to receive our digital monthly newsletter at ttb.org or call 1-800-65-BIBLE to subscribe to our mailing list. Well, that's all for us today. There's great truth ahead as the Bible bus rolls along in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm Steve Schwetz inviting you to hop aboard and join us. Jesus Today's study is always available, free to stream or download, thanks to the generous and faithful investments from your fellow Bible bus travelers. Just go to ttb.org or download our app to listen again anytime. As always, we'd love to know what's God teaching you.